All right, welcome to another episode of Beneath the Surface Podcast. Today I'm talking to one of my bros, Carl. Carl, how's it going, brother? It's going all right, man. Just, uh, you know, hanging out, got out of the gym. Just, you know, you hit me up. Decided to come out here and do this podcast, man. I appreciate you, man. I know you're a busy guy. You got work, school, a lot going on in your life. Um, and that's kind of why I want to sit down and talk to you. Sometimes we're moving so fast and you just need a moment to kind of just stop, think about it, talk to somebody, and really evaluate kind of where you are in this whole process. Because I understand I also went to college full-time and worked full-time, and it gets very stressful. Yeah, dude, it does. It's sometimes, like you said, you know, sometimes you get lost in it, and you're just day after day, you're in a schedule, and it's like, okay, from this hour to this hour, you're doing... You're doing X, and then the next hour you gotta be doing this. Oh shit, it's lunchtime. Gotta do lunch. Yeah, that's um, kind of, almost a, kind of a good thing though, because sometimes if you like, if you overthink it, and you're not on autopilot, you might you might sidetrack yourself, right? Or yeah, that's very true. That, now, yeah, I get it. Like taking taking time to hang out and just you know, just de-stress and like kind of switch the schedule up is extremely important. Absolutely, man. So look, dude, I want to do an exercise. I did this with um, my buddy Hermes, who was on the podcast. And... You doing push-ups? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a physical exercise. We can do it. We can go for it, though. No. No. no um, right now. <laughs> I want you to tell me, or, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. And describe, if you could, describe yourself without using any... Um, any titles or anything that involves the ego. So okay. without, you know, your work title, without any kind of titles, how would you describe yourself? Um, dedicated, uh, passionate, stubborn, uh, curious. Curious is probably the, the biggest one. Mm. If, I were to, if I were to take any of those, it's, it'd be passionate and curious. That's a good one, man. Um, I like to think, man. I like the weirdest stuff. Like, I get excited over math equations. <laughs> oh, shit. Random math equations. Yeah. Like, I've got the cosine, the law of cosine stuck in my head forever for some reason. And that's something everyone forgets after, I don't know, sophomore year of high school. And it's just ingrained. And for some reason or another, it's just stuck in my brain. I don't even know if I learned that, dude. That's how far lost it is in my brain. I don't know why I know it, but it's there. <laughs> If ever I need to know the angle of a triangle and I know a couple of sides or vice versa, I can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, dude, I've only known you for what, about four or five months now? Yeah, it's about right. What, it was uh, June, mm-hmm. July, somewhere around there. But based on the, those those words you used to describe yourself, I, would, I could totally see that. Like, I can absolutely see that about yourself. I mean, you are a very curious guy and ambitious, successful. I mean, you moved across the country from... Virginia, right? You're, you're originally from Virginia. Right. So the journey goes, um, as soon as I finished school, uh, moved back home to Northern Virginia, just outside of DC. Uh, I had a job, but that job kind of disappeared. Uh, so I started applying to a lot of jobs. Uh, and over like six months, I didn't really get anything. But then I finally heard from this one job in Alabama, uh, Huntsville, Alabama. Um, and I was like, I got to... I gotta do it. I gotta. This is the only job, and it's with a really good company. Uh, and the city, I'm, so Huntsville is called Rocket City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the home. It was the. It was 
where the Saturn V was built. Um, and I mean, they're building the new space system there, uh, SLS, Space Launch System. Uh-huh. Um, but in terms of rockets, man, at least when I was there, there wasn't really a lot. There was like missiles and a, a, couple, a couple of things like that. But there wasn't like big space industry. But now that like NASA has said, hey, we're going back to the moon. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff coming out like back to Huntsville. So, yeah. dude, let me ask you about this. So, how how's how is the culture different from Alabama and Virginia? Is it a big culture shock there or is it similar? Because Virginia is kind of like East Coast South, like right? It's like Southeast. It's Virginia. So, Virginia's got two kind of flavors to it. It's yeah. got your uh, backwoods, typical, like, uh, you ever seen the show, um, uh, uh, Moonshiners? Nah, bro. So Moonshiners is a show on, uh, like, Discovery Channel, I think it's Discovery Channel or History Channel, and it's about these dudes in the backwoods of, like, North Carolina, Virginia, Sounds about right. West Virginia, oh yeah, like, <laughs> real, real Virginia boys, if, if you, if you will, uh, but they make a lot of moonshine, and they distribute Right, and so it's this show where it's just them and their journey of going through and selling the moonshine, making the moonshine. Um, so that's kind of like one, I wouldn't say that encapsulates all of it, but like yeah. the backwoods Virginia people, and then there's the like I'll go ahead and say snooty, more uh, 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 population-based area in Virginia, which is Northern Virginia. You've got like Fairfax County, Loudoun County, D.C. It's where all the government jobs are. Okay. Right? So that's where a big majority of the population So where were you at? Were you like in the in the woods with the... No, no, no. I was I was up in the snooty area. Yeah, I can tell, man. You have no... You sound like you're from California. <laughs> I said, Well, you sound like you're from Northern Virginia. All right. So it's like... So I would say the biggest culture difference is... People in Northern Virginia are very business oriented and are kind of, uh, uh, what's the, uh, what is it? Cut, cut your line? Cutthroat? Cutthroat, yeah. What do you mean? Like, there's just one they're all about who, their business? There's a, yeah, they're all about their business, man. They're yeah. They're all about their business. And, you know, it doesn't take you long to be driving in Northern Virginia for someone to flip you the bird. You won't be doing anything wrong. A lot of road rage in Northern Virginia? I would say so. Even in, I mean, LA is very similar, right? Dude, LA. So here's the main difference between the drivers, at least. You get killed in LA. Yes, <laughs> dude. I've seen so many cars flipped over on fire for absolutely yeah. reasons I don't understand. This one time, I was driving home from work, and I saw a car smashed into the back of a 18 wheeler, and it was on fire. And the dude was running around with his hands and his hair, just like freaking out. I'm like, it was on an exit ramp. I was like, dude, how? How do you smash into a 18-wheeler fast enough on an exit ramp to catch a car on fire? Yeah. I don't know. But I guess... So culture the, shock from culture Virginia shock. to Alabama. Was, was So from what you've experienced Slow. in Northern Virginia, where you're from, you go to Huntsville, Redneck, Alabama. Redneck. No offense to the Alabamans. I have friends from Alabama. But... Oh, yeah. They have thick accents, too, from that. So Huntsville is kind of its own little microcosm. It's like... Uh, so it's got the most engineers in the world per capita. Wow. Like, and the most, I think it's either engineers or PhDs. So it's a really smart town, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of smart people there. 
But these are like your 1960s, 1970s engineers coming to work with uh, black dress pants, black uh, black tie, white t-shirt or white button-up shirt, big old glasses, like really smart doctorate kind of people. Um, they're kind of starting to fade away, and the younger generation is starting to move on in. It's kind of becoming more of a uh, they've got this thing called Huntsville Young Professionals, and there's quite a bit of them. Um, so it's so, you didn't, so it wasn't hard to adapt to Huntsville because you Huntsville. very similar to Northern Virginia because you were kind of it was in just, that small city of, of like-minded individuals right right and so it wasn't hard to get along with everyone so uh, well the people that were at work and most of the people there but definitely in terms of culture the people that weren't transplants there you could tell who the people those people were. Everything was slow. Everything was, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, I really didn't do much this weekend. Just hung out. I grilled a pig. I uh, had a few beers, watched some football. Okay. And that, you know, and you know what? That's cool. It's yeah. very laid back. I love it. They drive really slow because they, they got nowhere to be and all the time to be there. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I... I I appreciated that, but at the same time, man, I, I got places I got to go. There's things I want to do. I'm young. I get that, but it's like I want to. I want to do the best that I can with with the best effort as efficiently as possible. Gotcha, man. So when it was time to leave Alabama, there was no there was no like feelings of hey, man, I, I'm really gonna miss this place. I want to stick around here. It was like, well, my time's up. On to the next. So it's weird. So I've got a little bit of anxiety. Uh, so I had like an anxiety attack like right before I left because um, I did. You know, that's that was my first home away from home, right? You know, a lot of people. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. Yeah, but no, you said ahead. anxiety, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of people have anxiety. It's very common these days, right? Like I know personally, I know friends, people that suffer from anxiety. I don't have anxiety. I don't suffer from anxiety. I don't think. Um, I got my own set of issues, but anxiety is not one. Yeah. But what what does that look like? An anxiety attack? What is what it's, happens to you, dude? It's weird. It, like it comes it comes on like a, a, a. It's just a domino effect. Like, I think it comes with the whole. So I've also got ADHD. Uh, come my whole family on my dad's side is just ADHD, OCD. Uh, I don't think there's any anxiety, but. There's, there's like just some mental deficiencies yeah. on my side of the, on my. But do you think there's anxiety. anyone out there that doesn't have anything? No. Yeah, exactly. No. Right. Everyone, Everyone's got, something. got a little something. A lot of people. I will say that a lot of people will claim, "Oh, I've got ADHD because I can't focus on blah 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 blah." And then you see these same people on their phones, and it's like you, you don't, you don't have ADHD. You're just stuck in. You, you've got your phone in your hand yeah, all social the time. Media you got social addiction. media addiction, right? Yeah. Like for me. I could put my phone down and turn it off, but I would still be distracted by absolutely anything, anyone, any sound. Yeah, fly on the that, wall. Dude, yeah. I'm, it's like, what's that movie where the dog is like playing around and he goes, uh, squirrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes back to what he's doing. That, dude, cartoon, yeah. that, is, that is me to like a T. I'll be doing something, doing something, and then something will like pop up on my computer screen like when I'm at work and I'll look over at that and be like, oh, okay, doing this now. Oh, no, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to go eat lunch. It's like, it's, so I think it comes with like the ADHD kind of 
like the way that my my mental state is, right? Wait, so you saying your anxiety is linked to your ADHD? You think? I think it is. Okay. I, there's no. There, I don't think there's. I haven't seen a doctor. I've seen a doctor about the ADHD. ADHD. I've been. I have got that diagnosed, but I haven't. You seen take like Ritalin for it or something, or what? Uh, Vyvanse. Oh, Vyvanse. Okay. Yeah. So it kicks in at like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, and I know when it kicks in because is it like Adderall kind of? Like it gives no. you laser focus. So, so Adderall is like, like an unregulated. Ver- so, so Vyvanse is like a really calm version of Adderall. Um, my brother took Adderall, and he said. When he when he had it, you know he would feel focused, but he'd also just feel like the Hulk, and he would just want to just move and do things, and he couldn't stop like moving. It was almost like really? a, it was almost like 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 an amphetamine because it is an amphetamine, right? It it makes you feel like Superman. Dude, when I was in college, people used to take Adderall during finals week, and I was always very curious about it because. I heard it's like the fucking limitless pill, where your mind just That's like what the movie's based you can, off of. Is it based off I'm, Adderall? I'm pretty sure it's based off of like it would make sense. ADHD drugs. But that's what I heard. Like you get laser focused and you can retain like information better. But I heard the come down off of it is like kind of extreme too. No, I don't even no? notice it. No. Wait, Adderall? Have uh, you taken Adderall? Uh, not Adderall. No, Vivan. But Vivan have you taken is- Adderall? No. Okay. Because I, I saw Can my I have program. a Vivan. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take one right now for the show. It's it wouldn't kick in until like I left. Oh shit! You'd be and you wouldn't go to sleep. I wouldn't go to sleep. You'd just be sitting there. Like, All right, I'll, I'll save it for the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but close fifteen escrows. <laughs> probably, dude. Um, but it's like I think the anxiety comes with the ADHD in that like the domino effect like once one little thing happens you start thinking about every little thing it's like you want to hold on to these memories but it's like they're all about to disappear you're not going to come back like um and they're just memories and i had like i started my whole career and my life out there right i had my own furniture i had my own apartment i had everything was mine and i was living by myself for the first time taking care of absolutely everything by myself for the first time um, and I had my first quote unquote big boy job, right? So leaving that was kind of like a very nostalgic, very anxious event because, you know, I'd never been to Southern California before in my life, ever. So I found an apartment. I took a job that I'd never seen. I'd never been to the building, never met any of the people. I just only talked to them over the phone. And so the morning of, when I got in my car, ready to drive 1,900 miles across the country, I sat there and went, oh God, I'm going to a place where I know absolutely nobody, uh, never seen this job, don't know these people, never worked on stuff like this before in my entire life, my whole family's back in Virginia. Whoa. So Yeah, it's that's like, enough to give anyone anxiety, I think. Dude, Man, that's, that's, that's big, dude. How old were you when you... I was 20, I was 20, I'm 24 now, it's, it's, this was this year, so it was like, it was, it was tough, it was really tough, and not gonna lie, the first few months, like, out here were tough, because the girl that I was dating, um, we went through a breakup, and that was not fun. You guys broke up because you were leaving, or you broke up before you left? Uh, broke up when I was out here, um... There's a lot of, I would, there's not a lot of he say, she say about it, but like, there's one story, and then there's 
another story and whatever she thinks she can think that's yeah. fine like it's in the past now it's in the past now i've got no hard feelings against her i hope she does well and all that kind of stuff i can't say she probably says the same to me <laughs> yeah. she probably hates me took the high road huh uh, it's not taking the high road it's just you know i i've learned to like i've learned to live and let live when something bad happens i can't i, I physically can't go back five minutes ago and change what happened so there's no point in me dwelling on it right um, my dad always told me you know always forward you can't go back you have to take what you did and learn from it and, mm -hmm. and move on yeah um, but yeah it's uh, so it sounds like the anxiety was almost it was almost fear induced of the fear, fear of the unknown kind of what's next I've stated you know I've, I've accomplished something here this is where I, I kind of cut my teeth a little bit but now I gotta progress, and I'm, I'm basically going into the unknown. I don't know anything about SoCal. I don't know anything about this new job, and it looks like you've adapted really well, dude. Like you're always, you probably should go more places than I do. And I, dude, I gotta keep myself busy so I don't get those anxiety attacks. Because like, where where they come from is just overthinking. Like I I like to over I don't like to overthink. I just right. I overthink about everything and like, I overthink how people might be reacting to a situation that I have nothing to do with but I'm in the area around it how are they going to perceive my presence and how am I going to be able to help or not help and I think about these things it's random but it's 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 I overthink that kind of stuff um, but it's fear definitely fear of the unknown can trigger it but also being alone, not just being alone, but like being not stimulated causes just me to just go down rabbit holes that I don't need to go down. Yeah, yeah, I get that, man. I can relate to that for sure. Um, you know, when I, when, I, when I talk to you, man, and like we hang out, I look at you as someone who's on a long journey. You're here as a, it's a, it's a pit stop for you. I know you're gonna go forward and do like a lot of good things and go a lot of other places. California is just another stop on the list. But, you know, by the time you're 40, who knows where you'll be, right? But I'm pretty sure you'll be far in your career, man. If if you had to, uh, if you can just like soak in the moment and think about what you want for the future, like what is what does success look like to you? Dude, success is. Um success to me is just get honestly getting people on the moon getting people I wouldn't even say that I, I want people to be interested in the stuff that I'm interested in in terms of science or not even be interested in it but at least be excited about it and so with that kind of in mind to me success looks like um, doing something that is very uh, uh, grandiose, but is uh, so, so something that's visible that gets everyone interested in that cause. And so for me, that's space, right? Mm -hmm. Success would be landing people on the moon again, because everyone in the world, when we first landed on the moon, was rooting for not America, but humanity. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's my that's my like version of success. So um, would you say it's all your 
your level of success would be all career based. No, 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 no. I like that's just or that one just aspect. One, one aspect of yeah, it's one aspect for you. I think success also is being able to find, you know, having having a nice home, a, a, a beautiful family to share that to share, not like professional success, but like life with. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I think. Like success is. It's like being able. Success is being able to have a job that you love to do, whether it be for five to 10 hours a day, and then being able to come home to a family you absolutely love, and a home you love, and an area you love, and being able to share your passions that are passions that you like to think about, and passions you like to physically do. So going out and hiking, grilling, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you know, being able to share that with the people you love, um, that's success in my mind. Well, let me ask you this, man, like a, like an either or question, like if you had to choose which, which one you would be successful at, like your vision of getting people to the moon, like the career level of success or just the success of having a family and people to share great experiences with, but you don't get the moon. Uh, well, I mean, what would you go there? I mean, it's just it's, that's a hard. Question. It's a hard question. That's I so for me like, for the sake of conversation. I want to. No, that's a good. That's a good question though, because I've never really thought about it. Like, you know, my family's always been really supportive of. You know, we know what you are. So since I was ten years old, I've been chasing going to the moon or getting people back to the moon. So it's been more than half of my life I've been chasing that and absolutely nothing has stopped me. Like I've been not not in like a like a like a I'm bullish going pushing my way through. It's like I'm working every day to try to get to that goal. Um, so it's like if it, nothing has really stopped me ever to get there, and so in my head I feel like the answer I, the answer is both I mean I know that I can do both I yeah. know that I can find a woman and uh, d- d- create a family that is capable of sharing both my passion for just science stuff like that and also my passion for physical activity and being outside and enjoying life the way it is but I guess right now because I'm single and I'm only focused yeah, on the career. I'll have, it, to, I'll have to say right now, yeah. right now in the moment, I would have to go with my career. That's yeah, that's, that's what the I'm reality of it right now, right. too, right? It's the reality of it right it's now. It's the reality, right? dude. You're you're working. I mean, you have a tangible goal that you're actively working on right now. Right. And so I don't know if you're working on getting people to the moon right now, but it's at least in the field, right? Oh, very much so. And I have I have contacts that are working on those programs um, that have pretty much said, "Hey, whenever you want it." Why the moon though? Like people, like we we landed a man on the moon. That's, some people say some people say we didn't, but we won't um, talk about yeah, those we won't, we, won't, <laughs> <laughs> we won't go into conspiracies. But some say why is that flag waving? I'm just saying I don't know. I don't know. I ain't got the answers, bro. You got more answers than me. But why is why is the moon important, man? That's a really cool question. A lot of people like a lot of people are asking that question. It's like, why are we going to the moon? We should be going to Mars and pushing ourselves further, right? Well, I agree, and I 100% agree. Problem is, what's between us and Mars? 
you've got a, an atmosphere we got to climb through. Yeah, it's like going yeah. to state line on the way to Vegas, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's you got to go through an entire atmosphere. Yeah, and that's not easy. It causes you to shake, rattle, and roll, and that's not easy on any of the devices you're trying to send up. So that's tough. Uh, also, you're going at the speed that the Earth is going around the Sun, right? You're only going at that speed, right? If you're on the moon, oh, oh, and the Earth is also huge. You're experiencing 9.81 meters per second squared of gravity pulling you down all don't the time. Com- don't compute me, Carl. You're always being pulled down really fast. That's like that's there how we go. can sit down, right? On the moon, it's a smaller, it's a smaller object, right? So there's not a there's not as much gravity, right? Also, the moon is orbiting around the Earth, so you already have some speed going around the earth so now you're fighting against less gravity you have no atmosphere you got to climb through and you already have some sort of velocity right that means you have less fuel that you need to bring that means you don't have to design your vehicle to be aerodynamic when it's launching or anything like that so the moon is really just a pit stop do people want to go to the moon like oh yeah yeah oh yeah dude people want to go back to the moon like we're going to be built we want to build a base there We'll build a base on the south pole of the moon because the south pole has ice caps and ice is made of hydrogen and oxygen. Those are the yeah. two main rocket fuels that you or that's a rocket fuel and oxidizer that you need to get rocket fuel. Yeah, dude. So it's like you have everything you need on the moon and it's a really good strategic place to leave from to go to anywhere in the solar system. Yeah. Do you believe in like intelligent alien life? Oh dude. I don't I don't I don't necessarily believe not, I'm not talking about like giving me some fucking like oh there's alien bacteria or like alien okay. microorganisms. I'm talking about like actual alien in, intelligent alien life forms. Do you think there there's they exist out there? I uh, statistically, yeah. Like the universe is so freaking big, dude. Like we can't even fathom how big it is. I understand that it's huge. And how small we are relative to that, like, enormity. Right. But the human being, the human mind is not capable of understanding actually how large the universe is. And knowing that, I would say that, yeah, intelligent life outside of Earth probably exists. I agree with you, man. But have they gotten to Earth? Maybe. I don't think so. You don't think so? You're not, you weren't, you weren't one of those getting ready to raid Area 51? Oh, hell no. I wanted to watch, (laughs) I was ready to watch it. That was going to be hilarious. Oh, dude, man. that would have been so dope. Just... Dude, I would have loved that because uh, no, I won't. I won't say I would have loved it, but like, there would have been a ton of people like, running towards if, Area Fifty. Even if it used to be there, it's like, come on, man! Like, you guys gave the government freaking eight months advance notice. Like, obviously, if it was, even if it probably wasn't, even if it was something there, like, you think it would still be there by the time the raid came? Exactly. They would have. They would have put that stuff on trucks and shipped it to probably Fort Knox. Yeah, who knows? They do, but <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. So, so being that you're so deeply grounded in science, and you've had this, this. Uh, I'm always, you know, to side note, man. I'm always envious of people that at an early age had a clue of what they wanted to do and stuck it out. Like it's still that same passion as a 10 year old that's amazing man a lot of people don't get that i've changed my major in college like five times i had no fucking clue what i was gonna do but you did it man you stuck to it so props to you 
Um, but I was going to ask you, someone that's been so grounded in science, do you, are you also, do you have a faith in a higher power, a spirituality? Or is it all science-based? I'd say it's all science-based, but at a certain point, it almost becomes, like, it almost becomes a faith, right? Because... Yeah, explain that. Because science is testable. I can drop, I can drop whatever I'm holding and I know, I can tell you it's going to hit the ground. I have faith it's going to hit the ground. Do I know it's going to hit the ground? No, nothing's a hundred percent. But there's certain things out there that say like, you know, the laws of, the laws of the universe, the laws of physics are, are, are the same everywhere in the universe, no matter where you go. Right. I could take That's this. That's not testable. It's not testable. So how can it be a law? Exactly. You have to you have to you have to understand that based on what we know and what we can see and what we can observe close to us and then look out far in the sky and see that those laws are kind of are pretty much the exact same, we can make testable decisions and say, Yes, everything if you drop your glass or whatever you're holding on earth, it will fall at this speed. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the moon, we know how big the moon is. If you take the same bottle and drop it, it's going to fall at this speed. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know that? That's what the math equations tell us, right? And then when you go to the moon, like we did back in 1969, they took a hammer and a feather and they dropped it. And on Earth, the feather falls slower because of air resistance. But on the moon, there's no air. Right. So they fall at the exact same rate. Right? Right. And so those are things that are testable, but we have to have faith in them, Right. So, it's kind of a faith, but it's a it's a testable faith at but a certain point. Kind of defeats the purpose of faith if you can test it. Faith is basically something you cannot prove, but something you just believe, right? Um, and that's the purpose of like that's why it is faith is because yeah, you know, I don't know, I don't I don't know, but I trust I trust it. Right, and yeah, I mean, because if you can prove it, then it's like, well, it's not really. Well, you can't prove it, right? So, but you're proving with the equations. No, those aren't proofs. Those are those are those are what we think will happen. And there's a lot of the times when you when you write out the equation and then mm-hmm. you go to test it, you're not getting the same answer. Right, you're getting something, and and that right now we see that with uh, you know in quantum mechanics, you can write down the equation and say, this is how much energy is in the vacuum. And then when you look at the stars in astronomy, you get a completely different answer. It's all broken, right? So we know that the equations are broken in somehow, like some way, but they still work, right? So we have faith to still keep using them on the things that they work on, even though we know they're wrong. Or even though we know that there's something else out there. Yeah. So do you have, would you say you have any spiritual-based faith? I would, I'm just curious. There's no right or wrong. Yeah. Like, I no, I, I don't think I do. Um, I believe in... I, I believe that it's, it's subjective and I don't think, you know, I don't think that it's... Th- there's nothing that I can do with faith to improve humanity or my life or the life of those around me I think um, yeah. no I, I definitely think it is subjective for sure um, but I don't know if you ever take moments to get still or meditate or get 
quiet and you think about like what's what's powering like the flesh and bones and that brain and how it all comes together like you don't it's a deep mystery man like to me I, I, I feel humbled by it not knowing right I for, I like not knowing because that means there's something to learn you know it's not that it's mystical or magical or anything like that um, one way I like to think about it is you know a lot of people are like what is consciousness like it, it it's this random or it's this it's this unknown thing and then like the way that I think about it is you know we're all all the atoms that make up our body are part of the universe right we are part of the universe and at the end of the day the universe went through all these cycles and created the earth and at the end of the day human beings are now animals but the brain is literally the universe made of the universe and particles of the universe but mm-hmm. it's it's the universe trying to figure itself out yeah we are the universe we are the universe for sure trying to figure itself out absolutely we're all connected so it's kind of like yeah. in that that's something that's spiritual almost right yeah the, we are the universe thinking about itself but we tend to separate ourselves from it from time to time because though, we're made of flesh and I think there's an essence within us that connects us all but Man, you're an interesting dude, Carl. Um, I know we're at about 35 minutes right now. Um, we'll definitely have to do like a part two because I want to explore that conversation with you a little more. Dude, hell yeah. Um, that's an interesting take. But I appreciate you coming through, brother. Um, any any final thoughts you want to leave leave us with? Uh, always be curious. And whenever it's nighttime, always look up and try to find a star. That's what I do. I walk out every night whenever or every morning depending on how early it is and I look up and I try to find a star and I try to know that star know what that star is and how far away it is just to kind of give you a perspective of you know, this is where I am today yeah how, how small we are in the scheme of it all huh? how small but how unique we are so. awesome man well, it was a pleasure talking to you brother yeah man this has been another episode of Beneath the Service Podcast alright peace